mentally knowing that like a medal is slipping away from you and you literally can't move your legs any faster it's just like the worst thing in the world OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB sports app you are very welcome back to Tuesday's edition of Off the Ball. We are looking back on Ireland's victory against Japan in the opening uh, game of the women's squad going across for a two-game series against Japan. Didn't start ideally on Saturday when Ireland found themselves 15-0 down early in the game, uh, but they rallied after that to put 57 points up on a team who were preparing uh, to go to the World Cup. Uh, six new caps were handed out uh, during the game as well, so it was a bit of an insight into uh, what's a new gener- generation of players even under Greg McWilliams. So I'd like to say that former Ireland international Fiona Hayes is along with us now. Fiona, how are you getting on? How are you? I'm good. Good We're... in great form after that match anyway. Well, here's the thing. Uh, TJ Carr's stream died for quite a bit of the game, so we didn't get to see the early Japanese tries. Uh, when the TV coverage then resumed, Ireland are 15-0 down. You're wondering what kind of position are they going to find themselves down a quarter into the game without maybe getting going? And then after that, like Neve Jones scores a hat-trick. Ireland looked dangerous uh, both in the loose and also from the set-piece. And the performance for that last hour or so was really, really good. Yeah, it was a really excellent performance. And I think the the thing that impressed me most was the young girls that stepped up and put their hand up. I mean, how good was Dan O'Brien at 10? You know, pressure. She didn't even feel any pressure. She just looked like she was enjoying the game. She was so composed for an 18-year-old. It's really, really exciting to to think of that prospect there. And that um, the 13 as well, we saw Aoife Dalton running really, really good lines. So these girls put their hand up and, and wanted to to make a statement but the the most important thing watching the game and looking on at them they looked happy and they looked like they were enjoying their rugby and I think we saw that with the result at the end 52, 57 points is unbelievable Yeah and it was a pretty cohesive performance and like understandably in the last 15-20 minutes they were running players on and you know, handing out first caps and so on but when we look at the team that started the game generally they played pretty well I don't know if that's a benefit of maybe them being together for a few weeks before they went to Japan and have had a full week to prepare for that first test but generally things started to click with a lot of new look combinations on the field as well yeah, you have to take your hat off to the to the coach and setup that's up there. I mean, they just looked really, really cohesive. They looked like they weren't afraid to try things. When things did go wrong in, in the first 15, 16 minutes, you saw a team of relatively young girls and women get together and, and make a massive comeback on that. And, you know, as an onlooker looking on, I was a bit nervous watching those early exchanges, but those nerves that the, the girls and the team had early on, they settled that and they sorted that out in the pitch and you know the set piece was really really good to watch I know scrum time there was a couple of scrums maybe they, where they got high but then when they went back to the next scrum they fixed things so their ability to fix things and and the line out and even first phase attack off set piece was was really really good and it's something I haven't seen in an Irish team in a long time yeah, Ali Miller was saying to us on the weekend pretty much directly after the game that forwards will the old adage the forwards will win matches and backs will decide the margin of victory as an ex-Irish forward, you can maybe attest to that, how well the pack played during the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I was on a group chat with older internationals and people were giving a kudos to a lot of the young girls, which is, is well well earned. But I have to I have to put my hand up and say Sam Monin's performance was so, so good. You know, she had the first few breakthrough games in the Six Nations this year and you wondered would she be able to sustain, you know, that pressure, that level of excellence. And I just thought she was absolutely immense. The same as Linda Jugang and Katie O'Dwyer coming in in, in, in tight head 
said as well, she really, you know, she worked in her set piece in the off season. You could really see it. And I thought her carrying around the park was really good. So they need to be really proud of themselves in that back row. Adele McMahon or Tricky, as we call her, she was everywhere. She went off for the blood sub, but they just looked like they had worked on their set piece. They looked like they understood the cause. And it was very simple rugby that just looked really, really good when it came together. And their skills under pressure as a pack were very good. Yeah, it's starting to emerge at this point when we look at the second row that it's now going to be Sam Monaghan and Captain Nicola Friday as the two locks. They're building a partnership there now. And that was a bit of a problem, Mary. There was a lot of chopping and changing over the last year and a half in the second row. But now it would appear that Greg has the two players he's going to bank on here. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the most important things in that pack is, is you get that cohesiveness and the scrums come together, the lineouts come together. When everybody, you can always fight for that starting jersey, but if you have two definites in there that play with one another, they get the feel of one another in the scrum and they understand where each other is going to be in the pitch. That's what I think Ireland lacked at times in the qualifiers. People hadn't played rugby together. There was passes being thrown. There was carries going on by individual people without that backup. But we can see with these combinations, the same as the back row, Doherty Wall was in there, uh, Adele McMahon. These girls are starting to play with one another and you can see that they're there looking for the offloads. Everybody's on the same page and, and that's what's exciting. Now, I will say they will come up against bigger tests in, in the Six Nations after Christmas and I'm excited to see that. But they just looked like things were building nicely and that's what Greg asked for. He asked for patience and you can see it's starting to come together. You know, you spoke a combinations in the forwards even even with Dan, Dan O'Brien going in at 10 I was thinking oh here's another 10 we've had probably 7 in the last few years but she was just amazing and you can see he's trying to get these young girls in he's trying to blood them and hopefully we will start to see these players put their hand up and own the jerseys yeah, and look, it gives options at 10 too, because we'll see what happens with Stacey Flood. I mean, she's going to be somewhat drawn away to the Sevens programme, but yet in the last year or so, she's been playing a bit at 10 and by her own admission is learning the position a little bit at 15s yeah. at international level at least. But now there's a viable backup and good play from hand and also some really good uh, conversion attempts at the weekend too, which is like, it's hard to believe she's only 18 years of age. That's it. Even her boot, I was looking on going in awe. You know, I'd seen her at the underage setup with Leinster. Um, she played Leinster under 18 and I'd heard about her, but just seeing her boot, she's such a natural kicker. And it's been a very long time that we're able to get that distance. And it just looks so seamless and effortless to her. And it's it's really standing to her. As she gets involved and she plays every game, she'll start picking up really good things. And, you know, she has Neve Briggs, I suppose, coaching her, kicking as well. And, and she's just a relaxed character that will be able to get the best out of her and Nicole Cronin you know we spoke of Stacey Flood Nicole Cronin played a lot of the Six Nations at 10 as well and she's unfortunately she got injured when she came on you know I thought she might have come off the bench and made an impact but I think she was only on 30 seconds and she had a head clash so there are now options there but every one of them are viable and everyone is is fighting for that jersey and I suppose that's what the great thing to see is. Neve Briggs has spoken in glowing terms about the impact that these young players are having and how important this experience is and was pointing out some of them only just over a month ago were finishing their leaving cert and here they are now going on a tour of uh, Japan and many of them maybe just breaking into their provincial setup earlier this year so they've come a long way in a very short period of time you've played alongside Neve Briggs you know what she's like as a player and what she's like as a leader within a group and a former Ireland captain how important is she to the setup in passing on maybe her knowledge of the game and her leadership uh, experience to these young players that are all coming through at the one time now? 
Yeah, well, look, she's done it all. She's been involved in, in Grand Slam winning teams. She's been in, in World Cups. Um, she's been there. She's done that. And I suppose I've seen I've seen her uh, her evolution as a coach. And and when I speak to her now, everything, she's, she's so player-orientated now. You know, when she was playing herself, I suppose you're in a different mind frame. You're just looking at how you can be the best and, and what you can do. And you're concentrating on yourself, obviously, with your team. But she was definitely a player that, that you could see she she wanted to be the best and and as a coach I can see something in her now where she's looking across the board she's learning she's learning her trade as a coach and what a player to have around I mean probably one of the best kickers of a ball I've ever seen um in 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 women's rugby she really had a great boot and you can see that she wants to pass on that knowledge and these girls seem to be absorbing it up off of her a rugby here and off the ball is with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor even of the Irish rugby team. We all belong in the team of us. Would you worry a little bit about Japan, Fiona, out coming into this uh, World Cup now? Um, they're coming in ranked just outside the world's top 10. Uh, yeah. But they like they got mowed over a few times by Ireland at the weekend. And some of the good teams at the World Cup could put scores up on them, I think. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, um, you have to take your hat off to that Irish mall. They they worked hard in it and I thought the setup was really good. And, you know, you could see a lot of structure and you can see they've worked around that area. But I just thought after the first 15 minutes, I looked back on the game and I thought maybe Japan were physical in how they defended and physical as well, carrying ball. But they fade, seemed to fade after 15 minutes. It was almost like Ireland came back on the attack and I, and I really would be worried for them. I know they're they're, they're they're a well coached team and you can see it in them and they they kick well but I just think physicality was something I saw really lacking in them at times and it was almost like their heads dropped they they, they were at a home tie and you know things were close enough at half time I thought it would have been a, a closer match when they came out in the second half but definitely we saw Ireland up up at a pace physicality wise that packed it and Japan had no answers for that yeah and maybe that scene in the hat trick that we saw from Neve Jones as well she will be the first one to point out that other members of the pack made the space and she was just at the end of the various different moves but they were probably tries in all three cases that you could put down to how well the pack were moving Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that was an old trick of mine. I'd wait at the back and tap the old hooker in front of me to pass it back and dive over the line. We all, we all love them tries, you know. But I just thought Ireland's formation at mall time was was really, really structured. You, you, you saw them get up and get down low, and everybody knew their role. And and they, it was very, very hard to stop. But the thing that baffled me was maybe Japan didn't engage. I think once with the Irish mall in the first half, and they seemed to stop that then in the second half. But they didn't throw anybody up in the line out or they didn't get their set up in quickly so they didn't even have the answers to that which would be worrying I'm, I'm sure they will go back and probably look at the videos and we might see something different when it comes to the game on Saturday but they definitely look at have to look at that area because it was a really powerhouse uh, for Ireland and we know England and France are definitely two big packs that like to get them all when they're about 10-15 metres out and they can march teams over as well Yeah I think that's a weapon Ireland will want to reuse at the weekend over and over again given they had such dominance in that area and once the scrum got going after a few issues early on in the game they started to get dominance around that end of the field as well you mentioned at the outset Fiona about Aoife Dalton who I thought run some really good lines at outside centre got her reward in many ways for the hard work in the first half when she crashed over for a try and there you go first cap first try secured just before half time 
Absolutely brilliant and for 19 years of age. But, you know, Aoife Dalton, I saw her running those lines, but Enya Breen was just someone so composed beside her at 12. And like I, the minute I've coached Enya, I've played with her, but she just looked like a different character in that pitch. She looked like she was brimming with confidence. She looked like she owned that 12 jersey and she really helped Aoife Dalton out. And you could see Aoife was relaxed around her and they seemed to have built up a nice partnership in the couple of weeks they've only played together. I thought Aoife's lines of running was brilliant, even her loop play. And you could see she was constantly looking out and trying to see in defence as well. She wasn't getting caught in narrow. So that side of the game impressed me as well, that she was aware and she felt comfortable defending in space, which is excellent to see. How quickly uh, someone who was being mentored becomes the mentor in many ways. It was only last week that Anya Bream was talking about Cindy Napu and how important she was in her development coming into the team. And next thing, she's the senior centre beside a teenager playing just beside her. I, I think this is the game that's going to make Enya Breen. I think we're going to talk about Enya Breen for a long time to come at 12. If I, I haven't seen a, a, such a structured, such a composed performance at 12, I thought she ran the show. I thought she took the ball, the ball to the line at 12. She really released players behind her back. She gave Aoife Doyle a lovely couple of passes as well. She's someone that's kind of been in the background. She's been in and out through injury. But I think with Sene uh, retiring and maybe with the with the Sevens girls away she's literally stepped up that leadership role and I could see her see it in her and I could see Enya and I know when Enya's confidence because she's absolutely owning that pitch and I definitely think she was someone that owned the pitch at the weekend Yeah the players have gone from Shizuoka back over to Tokyo for the camp for this week so it's an hour earlier kickoff time this Saturday 10 o'clock what do you think Greg McWilliams is going to do selection wise because he's kind of given a dip of the toe to half a dozen players there to get their first caps they've put together a good win they've run up 50 points what do you think he does selection wise this weekend see that's we, we talked about combinations and getting players you know um, comfortable with one another and that's something they have to probably look at getting going into this next six nations and, and a couple of autumn internationals as well I think he won't mess with it too much I know there was a couple of injuries um, I spoke about how good Samani and was she limped off so maybe if there's there's a couple of players that might be carrying a bit of knocks it might be a, a good time to rest them I think he might change up the front row we know exactly what Neve Jones offers she was absolutely amazing again. I think it's time to get maybe Emma Hooban in, maybe get Chloe Pierce. They both came on and scored a try. So I think this would be a game for them to get get a shot at getting that starting jersey. But um, for for me, I definitely think that you'd be leaving um, Dana Bryan there at 10 and definitely Eva Dalton. I think they need to, to settle into that role. And Enya is someone I, I would love to see retain her place as well. And just get that back line firing because that first phase attack off, off, off scrums and lineouts as I said I haven't seen it for such a long time and it was exciting and they took to the line and there was kicking options going and the more these girls play this level of international rugby I think we'll start to get better and better and you know we could be Ireland have moved up six to, to sixth in the rankings and it could be pushing on even further by by the end of the next six nations mm, We'll get a real feeling by the end of the Autumn Internationals or where they're at the, the bar just before we get ready for the six nations in the new year um, Jack Carthy new captain at uh, Connacht as well Fiona perhaps no great surprise that he's been elevated now it is one of those awkward positions where Connacht have to take Jared Butler who was the captain for the last couple of years and put him into what they've called their leadership group now alongside Bundyaki but given how much rugby Jack Carthy is given given that he's going to retire as the record point scorer for the province probably won't be in Ireland squad so he'll probably be involved with Connacht 
throughout the season for next year he'll be hopefully he can get back in the international setup but there's a good chance he'll play a lot of rugby for Connacht seems a good choice uh, to come in now as the captain for his home province yeah, I think so. And, and I spoke a lot on Off the Ball last year as well about how um, when he was captain of the team, we just saw him brimming with confidence. And, you know, that doesn't suit some players. They prefer to stay in the background, especially tens. They've enough to concentrate in, in running the show in that back line. And I think he's someone that really absorbed that captaincy. And when he stepped into that role, he was he was really, really good. And his, play, his playing levels came up another bit as well. So I think it's a great choice by Connacht. He obviously, I'm not internally, I'm not in the dressing room but he's obviously well able to get players motivated for games and he seems to be a very likeable character and I think it's probably the correct decision by Connacht and we see they've kind of changed up their coaching um, set up as well so look it's 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 exciting times for Connacht going into the next season they started well last season and I think they'll be trying to keep it going and we if we we'd be trying to see if we can see consistency with Connacht in next year's URC yeah they've got a very tricky start to the season because their new pitch means they're away from home quite a bit at the end of next month but we shall see how they get on uh, Tommy O'Donnell going back into Munster as well Fiona going to get his exact title here he's going to work at the high performance centre and he's coming in as an elite player development officer now he's a guy who had to retire really before his time but again this is Munster maybe consolidating some of the brain power that's available around the province to give something back in bringing players through yeah and it, it, it's it's really good I know he coached uh, UL Bohemians last year and they were very impressed with him and um, I, I, I've done a coaching course a couple of times with him and he's, his knowledge of the game is is just absolutely outstanding he, he seems to he's obviously played at a high level but you know you have some players that play at a high level and they probably aren't able to communicate correctly he's really really good and I've seen him you know talking to players I've seen him on the pitch with people and he's someone that, that will offer a lot and especially to the young guys in the academy that are are looking up to these guys and and thinking oh my god he's so many caps for Munster and and I can and I can reach that level as well and I think the big thing about it is Ian Coslow has come in over the academy and he's really had a big impact on how Munster are doing things now we're seeing a lot of more structure at the the younger levels and he would have coached Tommy and he would have played with Tommy so he's a good feeling of how Tommy is able to communicate and what exactly a leader he is and he's definitely a leader out there Mm, it'll be very intriguing to see how his uh, coaching pathway works from here this is a great chance for him to maybe uh, build on the skills he's already been getting in uh, UL so far um, the other thing I want to ask you about as well Fiona is the potential for a game of Porky Cueve of rugby for Munster this is in the Irish Examiner this evening they're suggesting that potentially South Africa could be coming on November the 11th now this would all have to be uh, cleared by the GAA and uh, for permission to be given but so many times this has come up when Munster have had big games you know, potentially could Porky Cueve be an option for a Champions Cup quarterfinal, a Champions Cup semi-final. If the Springboks come to town and that game is there, it might just open the door for this happening in the future. I know I just I, I read it earlier I was actually kind of excited because I suppose we were all giving out about Noah Toman Park for Ed Sheeran so and we, everyone was looking at uh, Porky Heave as a, a viable option look I suppose if it's passed it would be just be brilliant for Munster to to have um, another big venue down in Cork I know I, I know people give out about getting into the stadium because it's right slap bang in the middle of the city but it, I mean the pitch is immaculate down there they, they've done it up it, it just seems a shame not to be used more and 
the potential of a Springboks uh, Munster game would be absolutely brilliant to watch as well yeah like I can totally understand why Munster had to take the booking for Ed Sheeran it was in stone and it's really important for bringing finances into the province but for Munster supporters as much as they brought a big crowd to uh, the Aviva Stadium for that game like against Toulouse at the same time being able to play that at home would have been a much bigger advantage even if that home was an unusual home say it had been at Porky Cueve yeah I think so I think this side of the country I know I was up at that match myself and I mean the fans it was just crazy up there it was absolutely the noise was something I'd never heard in the Viva in a long time um, but look yeah I think it's that home advantage and not having to travel up to Dublin and you know you get everybody out you have the Cork supporters the Limerick supporters and you know I think people down here always feel like the big games are always on in Toman Park so in in the future potentially you could have a, a break up between Toman Park and, and those huge Heineken Cup or those uh, Champions Cup games will would potentially be on in Parky Keeve and it could be evened out because mm. the court fans are rocking down here they're always looking for it that is the strongest pitch from Fiona Faye's you can possibly have for Cork supporters coming out to support the Munster team if games are played at Porky Cueve our rugby of course here off the ball with thanks to Vodafone May sponsors of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us Fiona great to chat to you as always no worries thanks a million hopefully another Irish win now on Saturday